Shalom Lakulam. Welcome to the podcast. We finally have the special guest himself back. His Welcome is, back, Mr. Oren Pesso. His name is Oren Pesso, and today we're going to be talking about uh, relationships. Because no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I did not. I did not sign up for that. We can talk about other things, but not about relationships. Relationships is controversial. No, 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 no. Oh, he's back on the podcast, yo. Why does it always have to be about relationships? What do you want to talk about? Why not talk about God, Hashem? Oh. So let's talk about the Vekas to Hashem. Let's talk about the Beikut, yeah. What does the Beikut mean? You guys have to know something. You know, usually on the podcast, I'm very, like, like nonchalant, whatever. But when, when it comes to Oren, it's very exciting. Wow, thank you. Oren's an amazing guy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. All right, you know what? Let me ask you a question. What's the, what's the biggest struggle for people to connect to Hashem in, in this generation, according to you? What's the biggest struggle? Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Because we don't see it. We're always in our day-to-day. Oh. We get distracted. Oh. And it's like the story with, um, with the boy that asked his father, Where is God? How does God look? And he said, Look up in the sky. You see that plane? It's really small. That's God. He's like, God is so small. No, no, son. And he pulled him. He said, come with me. Went to the airport. They asked air traffic control for a special access. He took his son down there. And he said, come. He took him right by the plane. He said, look, see this plane? How big is it? He's like, it's massive. It's huge. He's like, you see? That plane was up there. You saw it's really small. But same, same as God. God is really, really big. But when we're very distant and we don't see him, we don't put him in front of us in our life, wow. we see him as, as really, really small. But in reality, he's massive and he's controlling every single second of our lives. I like that. <laughs> it's really good. You know, I saw this on TikTok the other day. <laughs> I was like, wow, you can learn Musar on TikTok. <laughs> No, but you could really you could flip a Jewish. You can say like how he took he went he, he did the effort to go into the air traffic and to see the plane closer. We have to make effort to bring Hashem closer to us in our lives. Yeah, exactly. You see, you see the effort. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I really want to talk about is bothering me. What's bothering you? Like it's it's like a little bit like whatever. I don't want to become uh, controversial or whatever, but it's like it's an honest topic that. People don't talk about enough, and it's something that people really like struggle. What is it? Shomer Nagiyah. So many people are hooking up and, and breaking Shomer or going on dates, and they're not asking the right questions. They're not going why, why in with saying, the right why mentality. Why are you saying so many? You, you were you were there. We were all there. I know, including myself in the past. It, it's we have to give chizuk to this problem. To give if, chizuk to ourselves, or to lead by example. If we don't do it, others see. And they'll learn from us. Ah. You can't just tell people what to do. And just do it yourself. And then if you are Zocheh, if Hashem wants you to be the example, then other people will see you. Well, what did you say? No, I'm just in the okay. Yeah, continue. <laughs> I don't think we're getting Jack. Huh? Okay, yeah. let's put on, put on pause. Let's go get the ice cream. Okay, guys, we're going we're to get ice cream. We'll be right back. We're back from the ice cream break. So Taka... Connection to the to God above is a disconnect from material and connection to spiritual. 
Yeah. Wow, this is very tight. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so basically, we're thinking about it's very hard to stay connected to Hashem in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And what because there's there's so much Torah everywhere and there's tons of Bateknesiot like shuls and synagogues and programs and different types of Jews and people. But in, in a place where there's so many people and there's so much going on, it's you feel the most alone. You know? Yeah. Yep. Why do you think so? You get lost in the masses. So many so many different groups. In a way it's good. If you can attach yourself to one, but it's also not good. Why is it not good? (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) It's yo, guys, guys. Well, I think we both take it back. It's actually really good. I'd rather be in this community than be in Miami. Miami, Miami will be in the clubs. <laughs> I think you've been real in the podcast. We got a lot of them. Let's keep it. Let's, let's keep it one hundred. Miami, you go to clubs. Whoever's not connected to God in Brooklyn, you're screwed. <laughs> you have no excuse. <laughs> you have no excuses. You can't say the weather was nice. And some girl just pulled me to the club. No, 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 no. The weather was bad. The weather is bad. The only thing you got is a shul, and the only person that's pulling you is your rabbi. Yeah, there's no, there's no excuse. Honestly, it's kind of funny when you think about it. Everyone's down and depressed and anxiety and this. Like, no, we're not, we're not putting down, you know, people things that people go through. But everyone's going through so much. When in reality, there's so much to be grateful for. Yeah. So much to appreciate. There's so much shefa, like, how do you say shefa in English? I think it's, like, not prosperity, like... No, the, it's, uh... There's so much plentifulness. There's so much going on. Yeah. You have Williamsburg, all the Hasidim, and you have uh, uh, Borough Park, and you have, in our community, you have so many places. It's in our community, you have the Ashkenaz, you have the Syrians, the Moroccans. Everybody has their thing going, and everybody's learning. And every night, if you go to all these shuls, you go to Sharetzion, it's, it's insane what's going on over there. And go to We Learn in Or Yitzchak. Look how many guys Every single night At least You would say At least 100 guys Right? Yeah, yeah. Every single night But I, I, I do want to share What are you saying? So maybe Maybe we're not lost In, in spirituality you're Not I don't think we're lost In that sense No 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 You can't It's very hard To be lost Well look we're young I'm 22 You're 24 We're single We want to get married It's tough It's tough on a day to day basis When you're alone And and growing And facing reality Because when you're on the right track It's hard Because you're constantly Facing reality And what you have to do We're not really alone though Are you saying When you're on the right track You're facing reality You're not running away How many kids do you know Doing what we're doing A majority of the people I know Are doing the wrong things I, I don't look like that I look at people That are doing better than me Or doing as good as me I never look down there's a lot of people to look down to, and there's no reason to. You always compare up. That's, that's good. No, that's, that's, true. that's how you have to be when you, when you set goals. You don't set goals to go down. You set goals to improve, to get better, to, to be like something. Or let's say for myself, I set a goal to, be, to have the best pizza. So I don't quit. Some days I have the worst pizza because I tested the recipe, boom, boom, boom. The next day I come into the store, I'm thinking it's going to be the best pizza in the world. The biggest flop in the world. 
But it's, not, it's not comparing down or up. It's comparing where I came from and what are people my who I knew doing now. What are they doing now? The majority of them are, are going out clubbing, hooking up, doing the wrong things. And to yeah, me, to me, it weighs on me because it's like, yo, I, I could be there right now. Yeah, but not then, that I want to be there, but it's like, you know, when your yeah. childhood friends are, are out, not on the derech, or not so much on the derech, or not as on the derech as you want to be, it's tough. No, but it should be the opposite. They should look to you because whatever they're doing, let's and they say, do, but let's nonetheless, say, let's it's say hard. It's smoking weed or. Going out late, waking up at 11 o'clock, running after your day, struggling to make a living. All that is because of the distractions that you think or people think, the world thinks is very attractive. Oh, you go to the club, smoke weed, all that stuff is so attractive from the outside. But really, oh, what, it does, what does it do? It just it, it, uh, warps your reality. It's an escape mechanism. Yeah, it, 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 it makes you feel like, oh my God, I'm having such a good time. But then when it it, it fades, all you're left with is alo. Reality. Reality. The real reality of what's going on in your life right now. But then you go do it it's again because you, because you don't want to do that again. Yeah, you don't want to face it. Because you said yesterday, I did that. And anyways, I'm not making money. Anyways, I'm, uh, I woke up late. I might as well wake up late again. Do it again. And that's the biggest mistake. Yeah. That's how the Yetzirah tries to depress a person by bringing him back to a mistake. The reality is, is that mistake is just a mistake. It's one bad second. And after that second, the world recreates itself. And now there's a new second where you can do good. Yeah. But the Yetzirah will bring you back to that one second where you sin to try and to continue bringing you down but that's just in your mind you're able to have discipline and control your thoughts and to say my experiences do not define me what I do after a mistake and how I get back up that's what defines me mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't use that energy from all that good that you did listen all that good that you did you built up so much energy and momentum and then one day you made a mistake and you failed don't use that energy for the reverse taking, taking it all and putting it towards Oh, I'm depressed. I messed up. I woke up late. Now my boss hates me. No, you did so good all these days. All these days you made such good pizza. And then one day you made bad pizza. And now you're so hard on yourself. No. Be the opposite. Don't let that energy go there. Continue. Take that energy. Take that momentum and get up. And continue. Because all it's going to do is get greater and greater and greater momentum. It's not, gonna, it's not even going to be a pause. It's just going to be a stronger push. And look back is like, oh, wow, that failure actually did teach me something. And instead of using it as something to pull me down and, and, and a lot of energy to break me, I used it to, to propel me to the next level. Failures are lessons in disguise. Of course. But a lot of us, and especially me, I'm guilty from them, from that. I used to do that. I used to take my failures and really like, like dwell in them. And that's not fair because the failure was just once. All the success was... Oh, man, my mom. I have to answer. One second. Okay, we're back. It's like your wife, bro. <laughs> my mom is like my wife. Baruch <laughs> Hashem. Uh, this is like a really raw, uncut. I like it. It's good. People, people like it when you're more relatable and car, not the like car as. Podcast. Yeah, it's a I good think, idea. I think it's a nice idea. Yeah. You know, some people told me in the beginning, like, oh, you know, the windows sound like this and everything. It's we got used to yeah, it. And the, <laughs> no, you ever hear the that guy that does the karaoke, the car karaoke with the celebrities? Yeah. 
This is the car. It's actually a thing. This is the Jewish car podcast. Yeah. Maybe one day people will see us podcasting and they'll hop, they'll honk like, yo. Mm-hmm. So back to that point. Make it right. Hello. This is it's part of the car podcast. Make it right. I almost said something bad. I love it, but you, have to, you have the bleep button on it? The bleep? No, yeah. no bleep. Yeah. So bleep. Just want to uncut. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Jonathan, what do you think? About? About failures. Not failures, coming short. Should I give them the what's going on right now in my life? What we were just talking about? Yeah. Alright, well, as you guys know, I made a lot of content the past couple of months. And I've been really hustling and every day pushing out daily content. And trying to meet different uh, influential people that could share their own piece of, of religion to inspire religious growth. And one person I've really been trying to get is Omer Adam. And every... It's, it's, it's crazy because like... I asked myself, like, where is Hashem in this situation? Every person I got to connect to, this one says no. This one says, I'll help you. But then I'm not helping you because I don't want to lose my connect with him. And it's showing me, like, how fake it is. It's like, it's like all this upper royalty nonsense. He's just a guy. He's a regular guy from Israel, a Kafkazi guy who sings and makes music and happens to be, he has a beautiful voice and he's very talented and has a big influence. And I want to take his influence and my creative, spontaneous, uh, inspirational energy and make some videos together which would take him five minutes to do, but that could change the world. And it's like almost like when someone doesn't see eye to eye with you, they can't support your vision because their head is in, I want to protect my name, but my head is in, I don't care about me. I want to, I want to, I want to save and inspire the world. That's what I'm thinking about. That's why to me, it's like a, just another person, you know? I don't look at him like he's God. And... I, today I felt like a failure because someone who promised me he's going to help me meet, meet, him, meet him next week, he came back and said, uh, oh, I was with him yesterday. And he's like, I'm like, what? Wow. You know, it's like the biggest upset. And that put me in a really, really bad mood. I felt like in that moment, all the seven months of content, all nothing, zero, gone to waste. I felt like a failure. And I started asking myself like, yo, Jonathan, did you fail? Like, maybe you can't get him. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself till now, I'm like, am I a failure? But the answer is no, I'm not a failure. I'm hitting a setback. And this is this is like entrepreneurship 101. You're going to hit setbacks. You're going to hit letdowns. The idea is, is not to let the letdowns define you and to recognize this is a part of the process. Things are not always going to go your way. But if you want to get something done, you have to be stubborn in what you want and to continue pushing for it until you get it. And if you don't get it, if hypothetically speaking, I don't get him this year and next year he comes and I don't get him and... When I'm 75 and I die, I still didn't get it, but I tried my best. I'll be happy on my deathbed to be able to say, you know what, I never got him on the video, but at least I tried. Because it's not about hitting the outcome and hitting the goal. not going to lie, but that's about pretty trying. dramatic, bro. No, it's true, though. It's Omer Adam. I know, but to me, it's not. To me, it's a big deal. Why? Because, because to me, it's like he's, he's someone I really want to collab with because I know the power of emotions. I know the power of of what will speak to people. And when people say, yo, Jonathan's like, Jonathan's getting Omer Adam to talk about tefillin. Jonathan's getting Omer Adam to talk about the importance of learning Torah. So it right away takes the, the, the identity and the image of Omer Adam who sings about girls and stuff. And right away it shows you that this guy is a regular guy and he also thinks Torah is important. And when you listen to his songs and you get lost in the all uh, I'm, I'm alone and the girl the and she broke my heart and you get in that goyish headspace you remember that one second is just a song yeah. and the singer 
still even though he's making the song and he's making money and he's doing whatever he has to do with all due respect he still value he still knows the value of Torah because at the, at the end of the day you can be Omar Adam you can be Drake you can be on top on top of the world but no matter how far you go on the escalator or on the on the stairway or whatever roadmap I think it's nonsense I think everyone's the same but for some reason we have this idea in our heads that there's a there's a map as high as you go the Torah is always the truth because if you spell out Sheker in Hebrew, the Sheen, the Kuf, and the Resh, it all has one foot. The Emet has two feet. So as much as you want to go with the Sheker and, and the Olama Sheker, you'll get far, yeah. But foundationally, the people in Bnei Brak learning Torah with no followers, with no Instagram, with no social media presence, with no girls running after them, those are the people living the true life. Mm -hmm. Because even though they may not be in that crazy world with all the publicity, they have good Shalom Bayi. Can Drake say he has good Shalom Bayi? Can Omar Adam say he had, like, can these people say they have, I'm not trying to bash, by the way, but like, can these people say they have good Shalom Bayit? Can they say they're happy? Can they say they don't feel lost? Can they say they feel a connection to God? Can they say that they're truly content? Because with all the music and with all the thing, I, I want to, I wanna, in a way, show that, that that dream, that Hollywood dream is just a dream. And when you wake up from the dream, you're in reality. Yeah. So that's why I want to get him because he's, he's a person. Yeah, he's going to be relatable to, to, to everyone that's, that's lost. And everyone that's listening to him as the hell is this? And that keeps texting me random stuff. <laughs> we got to another place, so we'll be back. We'll be back shortly. Alright, we're back from our short break. But kids, sir, we want to tell you guys is that you know we met someone in the store and we were talking telling him that real love is love that is De not dependent on anything external because when you have the external things in your mind you're not going to be able to focus on that person for who they are because when that when that item ceases to exist your love for this person will cease to exist we have to look for real relationships real meaning not only with the people around us but with, with ourselves and a relationship with God and we constantly have to strive to, to do better and to do more and to be more mindful of these Jewish concepts and ideas that are only going to help us in the end. Because the more that we're keeping the Torah, or at least trying to, God sees your effort. God sees, you know, God sees how you try. And He sees when you're fighting the sin, when you're, when you're waving off all the bad that's going around you. But you know something? It says in Parashat Kedoshim, God says, Kedoshim to you, Hashem says, be holy. What does that mean? Be holy wherever you are. Any state, any city, any environment, any parental background, any situation that you're facing currently, any opposition that you're trying to grow, you're facing opposition, that's going to happen because when you try to grow, opposition is going to grow with you. But Hashem says, Kedoshim to you, be holy. You can be holy wherever you are because you have that life because God doesn't give you a test that you cannot pass, overcome. So, having this in mind... You can ultimately be holy and make a difference in, in your in your world. When you come to work one day with a frown, all you're doing is extending frowns to the people around you, and they will extend frowns to the people that they further greet throughout their day. You go further, create frowns. So your your one frown can create a multitude of hundreds of, or of even thousands of frowns. But you smiling despite wow. what happened to you. What? It's a cleaning. That can create thousands of smiles. One smile can create thousands of smiles. You agree? Yep. Smile. Smiling is contagious. 
the one good thing that's going to do have any last remarks? Um, Speak from no. the heart. I'm trying to, but I'm tired. The heart, the heart. Guys, if anyone's listening to this, wow, that'd be good. I think you're allowed to shave. Oh my god. On Rosh Chodesh If anyone disagrees, you can message me on Instagram at FakachiRM. Told you to do a shout out and send me your argument to the people you're shouting out yourself, <laughs> and maybe I'll consider. But all of you who do agree, again, go on Fakatra and them and send me a DM. You know, if you really want to shave, you could shave. Like, there's, there's always gonna be some hetair, like, like oh, you might you might meet a girl next week, so you could, you know, there's always if you want to do it the right way, don't shave. You know, it's not right to shave. I am only gonna trim. I'm not gonna shave. About that. As long as that's uh, honestly, if I'm talking about it, that means it's on my mind. It's like, really it on your. It's really on your it's mind. Really on my mind. Like crazy, <laughs> and it bothers me a lot. Like you I know feel, why? No, because right you're here, having the shama. That's why it's bothering you. No, it's right here by the by the Adam's apple. Yeah, but I'm saying the fact it's that you're just not comfortable for me. The fact I'm that you're trying to, to find a way out means that you really want to keep the omer. You really want to do it right. It bothers you in the shama. Uh, also, looking, you would just I'm, say I'm screw it. Let me show you for justification. You don't want to feel bad because I'm not a good guy. And this is really a parable for our lives. <laughs> Why? We all look for justifications and things that we shouldn't be doing. It happens every day. Yeah, but it depends who sets the tone. Who tells you that you shouldn't be doing it? Hey, Rabbi, I'm dating a Goya. What if she converts? You know, <laughs> it happens all the time. We want to we wanna make Judaism like... You're dating a Goya and you have relations with her. According to Rabbi Amir today, he said it. You come back as a... Dog Gilgul Which is a reincarnation As a dog Wow wow, wow. So Think twice Before you go to your rabbi And ask him for Heter Yeah but the idea is You can't You can't grab by Google everything You can't run for The answer that fits you You have to At the end of the day If this is what it is You gotta do it You gotta follow the Torah It's a guidebook You know what happens When you do that When you do that You you get resentment later on Because you don't want to do it you hear what I said? You gotta follow the rules. I think I just thought of something very important. Think about it. If, if you're gonna keep the armor and you don't want to do it, then yeah, you're gonna yeah. then you're gonna have resentment. So maybe you should only do something when you really feel like you're doing it. The shem shemayim. You're supposed to do things out of fear. Well, there is a level of fear, so that shows you an idea that you yeah, should do things out of fear. Yes, I know. I know. Learn down and know. Learn down and know. Mefo kibata ta laisim shel chayav ben man. Hello. What a bit podcast at that's all. Can you do a podcast? Sure. I can. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today I went to the I did the car wash and I, I cut a guy off like crazy. <laughs> did he follow you? No, it was a Gucci guy. He followed you? No, no, yeah, he, he came. He came behind you. He looked at me like this. That was dumb, bro. You know that, right? That was mad dumb. <laughs> I looked at him like, oh, my bad, my bad, chill out. He's like, he looked at me like, that was mad dumb, bro. He stopped the whole traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I cut him off Not really bad I, I signaled But I'm saying It was a little aggressive Because I had to get Into the car wash To be honest Were you scared From him? Yeah Nah I'm never scared of people Ever since I strengthened My emuna A couple of months Or years ago Whatever it was That moment To that day Where I recognized Hashem is protecting me I'm not scared Really? No Nothing What does everybody be scared of? The only you, A person is only scared When he has sins 
as no sin, you should be worried. Oh, it means it's the only sin that you're scared of because you know you're gonna get chibut. <laughs> no, you can be mean to people. It's also sin. Yeah, but then you ask yourself a question. That's a sin that applies to you Let's say you shoot me, right? When you get married, that sin is not going to exist for you. They're going to talk about something else, about how you shouldn't gossip, how you shouldn't... Business. That's the sins that that most of the world deals with from after 25. There's a real question. Is it fair for me to say Hashem is protecting me? It's not true what I just said. You know why it doesn't make sense? Why? Because when you're married, it's still a challenge. To, to guard not, your eyes. To guard your eyes. Or to not uh, flirt with the secretary. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's always going to follow you, but it's easier. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> in Yeshiva, there was this uh, you the rabbi told us a story. Like, a businessman. Businessman, you would go to uh, Vegas, Syrian businessman. And uh, the concierge used to ask him, what, what color sheets do you want? That was, uh, that was like a code name for. What what uh, type of race you want to be in your room? And, uh, Whoa! Yeah, this this time. So if you would say black, white, yellow. Black, yellow, white. Yeah. Yellow is probably Asian. That's disgusting, though. Yeah, I actually heard this from Rabbi Nahum. Oh, I'm not gonna say it. Oh, People already know. They <laughs> blur, heard them now. Mm. <laughs> blur it out. It's Sunday in Muncie. Uh, <laughs> but um. I don't think it's fair for me to say that Hashem's protecting me from the, the guy today. You know why? Because if I made an action to make him want to shoot me, what well, then even what it's, it's it's Chesed Hashem that he's going to protect me? Says, he is going to protect me, but I brought it on to myself. It says in the Gemara, I forgot if you can remind me, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't pray, you shouldn't pray or you shouldn't, you shouldn't climb. Oh, you shouldn't enter a deserted building. And then it goes into multiple reasons why. I think it's a Masechet Brachot. Okay. So enter a deserted building. So one Tana like said... No, no, it's Brachot. So one Tana said because there's malach, Malachim, the bad Malachim over there hanging whoa, whoa, around. Whoa, 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 That's scary stuff. The other Tana said Wait, no. Wait, voices and stuff? Because... Like? No, no voices. Just they can damage you. That's what you're saying. They're going to hit, they're gonna, they're gonna hit you? I have no clue. I don't ask them. So it's, I, I don't know what it means. Exactly. This part's probably very deep. Maybe damage you spiritually. Maybe actually damage you. I don't Deserted know. building at night or in the day or in general. In general. And the other Tana brought up that if it's deserted, it's most likely that it's neglected and that it's in danger of collapsing. So don't bring yourself to to a position where you're relying on a miracle to stay, save your life to to to, to keep to keep. You alive. alive. Keep you alive, exactly. So, um, what was I saying again? The beginning? But what happened to me today? What happened to you is that now you. Okay, so why, 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 why you shouldn't do that? Because you bring judgment. And then the Malachim go to Hashem and they say, oh, see, wow, this, does he deserve to live right This now? guy is putting himself in danger. Does he deserve to live? What did he do today? So they open his books. You don't want, you don't want any judgment. We don't want anybody to open our books because we can wow. have a bad deed that we did and we can right away get a bad judgment. So, you know what really, you know what really bothers me? Yeah, what? Censorship when talking about religion. What do you mean? Like right now we're having, you could say, a conversation that is very deep and, and for most people it's hard for them to understand what we just said. Angels and this. It sounds like 
to, to the guy that doesn't know much, hijibiji. Or even the yeshiva guy, and the Tara guy. Even to him, he'll learn it in yeshiva. But only a rabbi knows it's, the depths of these it things. It sounded hijibiji to the other rabbis. One rabbi said that there's gonna it's a it's a place where where prostitutes hang out. That's why you shouldn't go there because you might come to sin. But these are logical reasons. When you talk about angels, okay, so that's stuff that I was, can't understand. There was two tanaim that brought logical reasons, or whatever amoraim. The two rabbis that brought logical reasons, and there was one rabbi that brought a reason that was more like spiritual, more hijibiji. So, the, but it's not hijibiji. It's the way and, you and, look at it, and that's censorship in religion. That's to you, it's not hijibiji, but to someone else, some Ashkenaz rabbis, and be like, no, there's no malachim. <laughs> it's the actual danger or the actual prostitute that actually can right. happen. So do you, you think? Know? Do you think Hashem wants us to learn how to censor or to present them more attractive to help people grow? Not to, not, not, no. I don't think so. So why did he make religion that way to begin with? He didn't make it censored. I'll give you an example. He made it very broad. Let me give you an example, okay? Modesty, right? What I was told my whole life, if a woman doesn't dress modest, she's machtia tarabim. She's influencing the public in a negative way. She walks on Ocean Parkway in a, in a, in a, in a hot day, dressed, you know, not, not modest, and a hundred guys look at her driving by. Every guy has bad thoughts. I don't know, I had a hundred five-way seat that day because of her, she gets punished for that. The attractive way to say it is that you as a woman, you have to learn your value that you're the daughter of a king and you have to identify as a Jewish woman, which is a princess. And when you identify as a princess and you recognize that modesty is discretion and you're choosing what you want to share with the world because your body is priceless and you, you choose what to share with the world because not everybody could just see you, then that's like a more attractive way to, to deliver something that's so dangerous. It's not that it's attractive. It's you understand what I'm saying? It's more diversely um, appealing. It means... Well, but, 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 it means but that's censoring God's, God's punishments. Way, the second way you said it can uh, appeal to more people because not everybody's close to God the same way you are close to Him. A lot of things that are mentioned in the Gemara, if you would mention it to secular people that don't know anything about religion, they would think you're an extremist. But, but as it's not you, an extreme, it's but, the truth. But as you, it is. As you get closer, you see it as the truth. Just like that story that I brought in the beginning of the podcast. That I said that the plane looks really small from far, but when it's really close, it looks really big. It's the same thing. As you get closer to Hashem, whatever things that are written in the Torah and the Gemara and all that, they don't, they don't seem extreme anymore. They only seem extreme when you're very far. Because you see your, re, your, your grasp of reality is so messed up that what the Torah says becomes weird and messed up and what you see in your phone and your Instagram and all these weirdos posting weird things that LGBT and transphobic all this stuff becomes normalized to you and according to the Torah it's not normal yeah but even to them in their reality they'll find so many ways to warp their minds around it like really I was born I was born as a man and I I'm not changing God's design of me. I'm upgrading his design by becoming a woman. And they'll, they'll like compliment God in something that he's completely against. And all these ideas, they come from creations. And you have to go to the creator and see what he has to say. The creator says it black and white. And now all these smart people that come up with their own way of interpreting what the creator says. They're just living in neglection, the, yeah. denial. They want, to, they want to paint their own picture of how it should be. And they want to act as if they're the gods. That's what it is.
They want to act as if they're God. Because they want to live life however they want. Yeah. At the end of the day, even even if you dig into philosophy, it can make you like that. We have an example in the Gemara where Rabbi Elisha bin Abuya. Oh, wow, you're on the money today. All these Gemara sources. Yeah, I learned a little bit here and there. Sadiq. Elisha bin Abuya, he went with two other rabbis, Rabbi Akiva, and I think Rabbi, no, not Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir was a student. There's another rabbi, they went... Oh, you're good, they huh? They were sitting down and they were discussing philosophy. They got to the point where they got into like a trance. Like they got very deep and I don't know what it means exactly. They got to the, the pardes. The... It's like a... Like, like let's say they went to, to heaven and they... Who was the two rabbis? Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Elisha ben Abuya. And there was another another rabbi. They were discussing Hashkafa. They were just they were they were talking about the, the the depths, the secrets of the Torah. Wow! Imagine listening to them talk about it. That'd be sick. We won't understand. How that. much money would you pay to hear that? I won't understand that. I don't even want to be there because. We won't listen, understand it. Listen, I'll be freak happened? you out. So they both they all went up, and Elisha Ben Abuya saw something that I don't want to explain on the podcast because. What is it? Unless you learn in the Gemara, you're not gonna really understand it. Say what. No, it's just that it doesn't. It sounds weird. No, it sounds very like deep. So just, just you tell me. I, I want to know. Basically, I don't even know. I don't even understand it myself. So I, how could I explain it? He saw a malach that was sitting in the kisei kabod. He was sitting in God's chair, and this malach is second in command after Hashem. He's like the malach that's that watches over what's going on. What the hell? So he saw him in Hashem's Hashem's yeah, chair. Exactly, that's why I didn't even want to say it. Okay, I yeah. can't say it, you gotta, you gotta look it up. You can ask Rabbi to tell you. This is interesting. Because I don't even know. We continue, it. I wanna know. So, since Rabbi, uh, since Elisha bin Abuya saw that according to what he knows and learns, no one can sit on the Kisei Akavod, only God, only Hashem should be there. And he saw that this Malach was there. He came back down or whatever, he woke up and he's, the first thing he did is he went to a prostitute. He Whoa. went off the dark. He dropped the whole thing. Cause, cause it, it, and the other rabbi went crazy. He became a shoteh. From his grass, he thought that it was fake. In that moment, I don't know what he thought. He thought maybe he, he said, "Okay, if God is not the way I pictured it to be, then uh, this whole religion is fake." No, from what he learned it to be. Yeah, the way he, the way he was told, the way he, the Torah was given over to him, and what what was supposed to be up there, and what he saw was different. Well, so he said, did. "You know what? Everything is." You can do your own thing. With the other rabbi, the other rabbi, he became he 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 lost his mind a little bit. I think he became he saw too much and it, it messed up his mind. And then Rabbi Akiva came back down. He was normal. It's always the same time. Always the smart car that almost drifted to the side. It almost fell off his wheels. Um, I have like. Uh, ten questions on what you just said. First of all, they even a lot to be discussing Ashkafa because be too Torah for them. Number two, it, it sounds like it, like with all due respect to the Gadol, it sounds like he's trying to find an excuse to go to the prostitute. He didn't find an excuse. It shows that that was on his head from before. No, no. Come on. No. He was, okay, maybe it wasn't his head. We're not saying it wasn't. I mean, but he's a, he's a Tanakh. Can you talk about him like this? They have Yitzhara. People, the greater you are, the greater the Yitzhara is. You know that? It's a big, it's a true thing. So if you saw the Kotel get smashed, would you go 
What would you would you go? No, no. you heard the that. Hotels and it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah yeah, that the hotel will always Kotel, be standing. It says, it says if the western wall falls and you can burn Where in the Torah. Where does it say that? Someone brought it up. I think the. No, you know what I heard. You can burn. If the you're top. listening to this podcast, the, message me. Shalom, I think Chazonish. Whatever. Um, if I think you find if you find a fish that has fins, no, has scales but doesn't have fins, something like that. Then you can burn the Torah because every fish that has scales has fins, something like that. You know, you ever heard that before? Yeah, that's the famous proof. Yeah, but the Western Wall, nah, that's not something that I would. Uh, that's not something that's strong enough for so me. So, what was the point of that story? I forgot where we went from. The where do we come from? The trends. No, I'm saying what was it? The transgender. The transgender people. No, I don't think we were going from the transgender. I was, bro. What is that? It's a little person. <laughs> a little person. <laughs> the kids were, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, that's a good-looking plate. The kids were. You can't say just because I see something, doesn't doesn't mean that it's always true. You can't distort the Torah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta follow the rabbis. You gotta follow the Torah. You can't make your own truth. But you just said the rabbi himself. What do you mean? What distorted the Torah in, the, in that story. He didn't distort the Torah. He, he himself, based he, on what he knew, he should have did research before he went to the prostitute. He, he had a, he had a choice. He can either accept what he saw and continue like Rabbi Akiva. Or he can say, no, I'm above and I'm smarter and my mind is very strong and I believe this and this is the truth. That's what he did. Yeah, you telling me that story kind of freaks me out. It's very scary. That's why I got very intrigued. I wanted to know all the biggest rabbis that went off the derech. Like, how could they go off the derech? They were so big. What if you see a malach on the kisa kabul? There was like he's a, like Amgar. There was a kohen also that went off. That's Loki, something like that. Yeah, he was going for seventy what years. What was his name? Rabbi Yochanan, something like that. The kohen gadol of seven. I heard that in Yeshiva so many times. Yeah, it's crazy. The Gemara talks about it. They want it wants you to know that if you go too much into philosophy and too much into finding the the answers to everything. Then you try to become like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the truth. I'm gonna, I, I can understand who God is. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think, it, I think it's to show you that as great as you can be, there's never enapuchopus la arayot. As great as you are, there's never, you never made it, made it because you can always fall. Anachanami us. Or maybe not Anachanami us. Maybe we're greater because we're in this generation. All the rabbis didn't want to be in this generation because it's hard. Yeah, as great as you are, you can always fall. That's true. If David Amelech was alive right now, you think he'd be David Amelech? It's a good question. Give David Amelech an iPhone. What's going to happen to him? Nah, I wouldn't say that. We're great. We're, yeah, we are great. We have a great test in, in our face. It's very hard, this generation. You see people in this generation that they overcome it and how happy they are and how content. You can have a good life. It's out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys. The kids are... Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We're going to try to bring Oren on more often. We want to give you a blessing that you should learn as much Torah as you possibly can fit 
into your schedule and remember to prioritize Amen. Torah in the schedule Amen. and everything else. And if you're not married, you should get married. And if you're, you are married, you should have Shalom Bayi. If you don't have Pranasa, you should get that too. No, 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 Wow, that's a big truck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was like, whoa. I just thought it was that big in my life. <laughs> like a rocky, bro. You're going to eat truck. Hashem, I'm going to give you a lot of strength, a big truck. Big truck, Malek. Imale Benjamin Franklin. Why, why? I'm all about the house. 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 I'm about even your best friend forgot. Wow. I don't want you on Hashem Jonathan Mitchell.com slash store. Wow. Thank God. We're bringing you back in. Yeah, wow. And, uh, yeah, that's it. How did they end off the bracha? What? How did they end off the bracha again? Oh, the rabbis? Yeah. They say Mishab Berach and they give all the brachot. Uh, oh, they say Venomar Amen. Venomar Amen. Or they say, uh, Brachot Yedacha, Chumas Yadacha. Kol Kila Kedoshah Azot. Amen, Kinyan Azot, Venomar Amen. Amen, Amen. Wow, wow, wow.